Sudan's economy takes center stage in today's episode. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ruth Dong. More follow us on Twitter at the K Financial, and you can find me at Ruth Dong. Sudan's attempts to recover from a deep economic crisis and re-enter the global economy after decades of isolation were short-lived after the World Bank, US, and the IMF opposed its economic support to Sudan. The move came as military officers seized control of the government last year, dissolving the government, which in turn has triggered endless protests. Kolod Kaya, managing partner at Inside Strategy Partners, a think tank based in Khartoum, joins us for this episode. What is the current state of Sudan's economy? The current state of the economy is quite troubling um, because there have been several interruptions to economic activity caused by the instability, chief of which is uh, the fact that there has been severe disruption to uh, the exchange rate. And Sudan is a net importer of goods. So people who work within an import-export, people who work within uh, the food industry, uh, people who rely on raw materials coming in from outside and, and finished materials coming in from outside through the port uh, in Port Sudan, etc., have found that their purchasing power has been diminished because of the weakness of the Sudanese pound against the dollar. Um, the other thing is that um, availability of, of, of uh, foreign exchange, particularly dollars, has been very, very low. Um, and this has um, meant that a lot of people can't get goods in, so there are shortages as well. They, uh, the shortages are look set to continue. And the lack of dollars has sort of now kept the um, SDG rate reasonably steady, and it has been um, going down recently, but that's not uh, looking set to continue. The reason for that is the de facto Minister of Finance, who is the head of the rebel, one of the rebel movements who signed the peace agreement in 2020, um, has been sort of almost threatening people to say, saying that um, he will not uh, float, he will not put a managed float on the currency unless it reaches 600 Sudanese pounds to the dollar. Currently, it's around. 400 and um, between 480 and 490 on the black market and around 437 in the bank. Um, the biggest difference is that, and he's doing that uh, for political reasons to say that he can exert pressure on the public um, if they don't stop protesting, pressure on the international community if they don't bring in the foreign um, aid that they had promised before the coup and of course, which was halted by the coup. Um, all of this means is that um, you, we currently have um, a, a situation where inflation is, is rising and where it's looking set to continue rising because the government is planning to uh, print money effectively, use a monetization policy and print money to avail enough uh, currency within the system. Um, what that means, of course, is that it will only lead to more inflation as the pound is, it becomes even weaker against the dollar. So in other words, the government has a very acute um, economic problem. And because it is unwilling to deal with the large proportion of the economy, which is actually in the informal sector, and the informal sector is very much um, dominated by uh, militia, 
or militia adjacent actors, for example, General Hemeti, who's of course a part of the coup. So we were very much back to Bashir era economics, where in order to do polit um, e proper economic reform, you have to deal with the very uh, support mechanisms, illegal and illicit support mechanisms that uh, keep the regime alive. And so, of course, there's an, a lack of interest in actually um, doing these proper reforms. And so monetization or printing money becomes the go-to measure, which, of course, only makes things worse. So we're kind of back to that cycle um, of lack of reform, inflation, um, sorry, lack of reform, printing money, inflation, and then another lack, you know, lack of reform, printing inflation, and, and so on. Suspension of the economic support by the World Bank and IMF. What impact has this had on the economy? To the freezing of the IMF and World Bank. Um, so there are several layers to this. One is debt relief, which is the biggest chunk of an uh, international sort of assistance coming into Sudan. Debt relief to uh, the government um, of around $60 billion, debts, uh, $60 billion which was part of an agreement that was started out in May of 2021 at the Paris conference. Of course, with the coup, all of that is, is mostly halted. The IMF stuff, the IMF doesn't really have a mechanism for halting uh, the HIPIC, uh, the High Indebted Poor Countries Initiative um, mechanism, which is meant to provide the debt relief based on meeting a series of criteria or um, decision points. But effectively, the, the, because the coup is uninterested in reform, it will in any case not meet those decision points. So the process is effectively halted. Um, the World Bank grants, which total around 2.1 billion, those have been halted by the World Bank. And there, has been com there have been conversations around, at the time of the Riyadh Friends of Sudan conference in Saudi Arabia about restarting that or not restarting that. And it was decided that not only would that not be restarted, but um, countries present at the Riyadh Friends of Sudan conference would also commit to not funding the regime in any way, shape or form. Um, which was different to the 2019 situation where after the removal of Bashir and the, the taking over by the Transitional Military Council, which is very much in power now, again, um, the Saudi Arabia and the UAE put in, committed to putting in five, $3 billion into the central bank. In, um, in the end, only $500 million made it in and they withheld the $2.5 billion when it was clear that... Um, Generals were no longer ruled by themselves, and the, and the new uh, civilian military partnership was was um, introduced. So, what where Sudan is right now is that it has a a, um, a currency that's in free fall, no access to foreign exchange to buy um, to sort of prop up the currency at the central bank, but also to buy um, goods because Sudan is a net importer of many goods, including foodstuffs. And so it has a food security issue looming very soon. And it's also unable to, because of the lack of dollars, buy wheat, <clears throat> which has become a key staple. And there are talks that the agricultural season and the harvest has failed. And so food insecurity is likely to increase in Sudan. What this all means is there's an economic precipice um, that is probably going to come in the next two or three months, if not sooner, that will have serious implications on the ability of the junta to keep ruling. Um, because even though they have private finances that have nothing to do with money going into the central bank or money that goes into formal um, monetary systems, 
they do have as the sole um, rulers of Sudan right now a, um, a need to legitimize themselves in domestically by providing services, by providing wheat, by providing salaries at the very least. That was Kolod Kaya, managing partner at Inside Strategy Partners, a think tank based in Khartoum. A quick review of other stories making it into the podcast. The Reserve Bank of Malawi kept its benchmark policy rate unchanged at a record low of 12% at its first meeting of 2022, held on the 2nd and 3rd of February, saying the decision was appropriate at the time and allows for continued economic recovery. Meanwhile, policymakers noted that although inflation pressures are mounting, the sources were considered transitory and likely to dissipate. The annual inflation rate in Malawi quickened to a two-year high of 11.5% in December of 2021, driven by both food and non-food prices. Pressures on inflation are mainly are likely to continue, mainly arising from a seasonal increase in prices of domestically produced food items and imported inflation. Accordingly, the central bank revised upwards its inflation forecast for 2022 to 10.4% from an earlier forecast of 8.9%. The economy is projected to grow by 4.1% in 2022, driven by both agriculture and non-agriculture sectors, despite the uncertainty regarding the COVID-19 pandemic and the recent cyclone, Anna. Egypt also left its key interest rate steady at 8.25%. The Central Bank of Egypt left its key rate overnight deposit rate steady at 8.25% as expected. Policymakers noted that the rate remains consistent with the achieving the inflation target of 7% plus or minus 2 percentage points on average in 2022 quarter 4 and price stability over the medium term. Policymakers noted that annual inflation increased to 5.9% in December from 5.6% in November, resuming its upward trend since May 2021, but remained within the central bank's target range of 5 to 9%. The committee said that the leading indicators point towards a continued expansion across most economic sectors and that domestic economic activity over the near term is expected to be mainly driven by domestic demand and in specific gross domestic investments. Tunisia's central bank kept its key interest rate steady at 6.25% in February, citing inflation risks and expressed concern about the delay in securing foreign funding for the state budget this year. Finance Minister Sihem Bodgiri said that Tunisia hoped to seal an agreement with the IMF in April as Tunisia is suffering its worst financial crisis. Tunisia's annual inflation rate accelerated to an over two-year high of 6.6% in December, with inflationary pressures expected to last longer than previously expected and thus running the risk of bringing inflation to relatively high levels in the medium term. Meanwhile, the board noted a relatively moderate resumption of economic activity, which would evolve to about 2.9% growth in 2021, with timid recovery prospects for the year 2022. Finally, the central bank said that it remains mindful of trends in prices over the forthcoming period and that it will make use of all available means to counter every inflation deviation. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. And if you have any suggestions or you want to check out more stories, visit our website, that is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial. And you can find me at with a dog. Thank you.